0: Today's episode of Dog Nation Daily is brought to you by Breda Pest Management, the official pest control of UGA Athletics. Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adams. So SEC Media Days is ongoing as we speak to you live here today, and we're obviously following all of that. Uh, Big things happen The Georgia Bulldogs Interesting things get said We'll talk about that With you on the show Here today But I also want to follow everything else that's happened to the UGA there as well. By the way, if you're watching there live uh, on video, you see some video shared by a a guy named Darian Carter of Kirby Smart arriving at the College Football Hall of Fame, walking in, giving you some handshakes, looking good in his suit. I sort of like the fact that Kirby Smart's not a tryhard that's wearing the uh, hip sneakers, the fact that he dresses like an adult and wears the dress shoes with the suit. I sort of like that. Uh, I guess that just makes me a a traditionalist, but I kind of like the way that Kirby Smart looks as he uh, walks in there at SEC media days to tell the story of the reigning national champions what they plan to do here for 2022 we're obviously following that pretty closely as that is ongoing we are also looking at everything else happening around georgia here for a moment including some interesting comments from kirby smart i guess it was yesterday uh we'll get to that here coming up in a moment but you know that georgia got good recruiting news yesterday evening when four-star defensive lineman jamal jarrett uh, made his commitment announcement choosing the georgia bulldogs over the north carolina tar Heels and the uh uh, Auburn Tigers. And this is one of those where I think behind the scenes, and most Georgia fans, I think, were kind of the same way on this. You know, behind the scenes, there was this thought of, "Hey, Georgia seems to be in a pretty good position here." Uh, Jarrett has said a lot of things about UGA that are positive. We played some of that audio for you when he's visited with our Jeff Centel. That this was going for Georgia about as well as a commitment could uh you know jamal jared has sort of been sold on being the next jordan davis jordan davis some very nice things to say about social media when jared ultimately made his pledge all of this has sort of seemed like somewhat preordained now there's also in this sort of weird 2023 20, recruiting cycle that we're in there's also that thought in the back of your mind of well all that's true until it changes the last minute because we've seen certain recruitments sort of change at the last minute so most Georgia fans went into last night thinking, yeah, the hay is just about in the barn with Jamal Jarrett, but let's just sort of make sure nothing weird happens. Let's just sort of make sure it kind of goes down the way that it's supposed to. And this happened to be one of those moments um, where it just sort of goes down the way you think it's supposed to with uh, Jamal Jarrett choosing UGA as pretty much everybody expected him to do. That's just kind of the way that it was. Uh, somewhat drama free recruitment Uh, and yeah you see the nice graphic there of him saying committed Hayes Fawcett who does so many of these uh, it gets a little love for Trey Scott in there on that also a little Jordan Davis photo flanking him on the other side telling the story very well of how it is that uh, Jamal Jarrett ends up at UGA and a nice dog nation graphic there too for those of you watching on video on all of that but what's really interesting is on the other side of all this the school that sort of takes the silver medal here takes the l and jamal jarrett's recruitment while there was very little drama related to what happened there with uga there was a lot of drama on the north carolina side somewhat weirdly uh you may remember travis shaw a former uh, very good defensive line recruit shaw and jarrett know each other well Uh, uh shaw went to the university of north carolina after having been a teammate Of Jarrett's, and I guess last night I don't have the audio play for you on this. It was already gone by the time I was made aware of it. But I guess on an Instagram live video, uh, uh, Travis Shaw kind of ripped into Jarrett a little bit, maybe joking, maybe whatever else. But had you know, kind of had some kind of pointed things to say about it. There were allegations even that a uh, North Carolina assistant coach had taken a little bit of a jab at Jarrett on Twitter before eventually deleting the tweet. I can't confirm that was true, Um, but there. You know certainly plenty of uh, suggestions that even a UNC assistant coach may have had a thing or two to say about Jarrett online, and some of that has sort of led to be the reason why Jarrett had a little bit of a cryptic tweet after uh, after committing to UGA about I I guess let's see if we can show this to you, saying that folks have kind of shown their true colors. He was saying he had a tweet saying people show their true colors, and then he goes out there on Twitter and uh this is well you know a couple of hours after he committed to UGA sort of had this uh, video that showed up if you're watching you just saw that of the North Carolina graphic popping up and then saying no that's wrong and then showing off the uh, Georgia thing there as well and that tweet from Jarrett got a lot of attention even like the official Barstool account which obviously has a, a huge you know following even they sort of picked up on that it was all just kind of really weird where you know for Georgia this s- decision for Jarrett was about as by the book and sort of business as usual As you get but on the other side of that when it comes to uh when it comes to north carolina good bit of drama from them with a uh, former teammate travis shaw saying some bad things about instagram allegations of other things there on twitter there as well and then jamal jarrett getting the last laugh with a huge dunk on unc with the uh, tweet that you saw there so kind of an interesting way in which all of this sort of played out uh on social media but you also saw jordan davis saying uh the last defensive tackle we got from north carolina turned out pretty solid welcome home he says to jamal jarrett so on the georgia side could not have been more business as usual on the north carolina side seemingly a little bit of drama getting stirred up by all of this thought that was uh, pretty interesting now something else that was interesting yesterday kirby smart was in texas speaking to a group of high school coaches i guess at this particular convention each and every year it's somewhat of a a, a tradition for the national championship winning coach to speak and be there i believe this was the spot last year where Nick Saban made it be known that Bryce Young had a million-dollar NIL deal. Now, Saban seemed to change his tune about that over the course of the months that would follow, but I believe this is the venue where Saban said that a year ago. Smart was there yesterday. And something that Kirby Smart said got a lot of attention in speaking about the grind that exists around coaches right now. Um, he was asked by a coach, a high school coach there in Texas, is there a way to have any kind of work-life balance as a college coach? And Smart um, said no absolutely not let me read you a little bit from mike griffith here at dognation.com so what mike said is that smart was speaking uh this is mike griffith writing for dognation.com the kirby smart was speaking the texas high school coaches association on tuesday and indicated there was a time that it felt like his job was getting the best of him the quote here was for instance this summer in june we had official visits on friday saturday sunday um, i told the staff we're going to take every monday off because we're working every friday saturday and sunday so last June, meaning back in 2021, when we were coming out of COVID, I was ready to step down and resign. I was done because of how much the recruiting uh, grind existed at the time. Now, leave, leave, leave the quote up there for a second, if you don't mind. Let me just say this. There was a lot of like, hand-wringing in the media yesterday about all of this. Sometimes I don't think college football fans get enough credit for their ability to process information. I think when most people hear the quote from Kirby Smart right there, you know, in June of 2021, coming out of COVID, I was ready to step down and resign. I was done. I think most college football fans are more than capable of sort of processing that as kind of a tongue in cheek type thing, type thing that smart sort of being excessively sarcastic or excessively Uh, emphatic about something that he didn't quite feel as strongly about. This is just sort of the way that human beings talk. College football fans being human beings have the ability to understand other human beings, in this case, Kirby Smart. So sometimes I think there are certain media types that don't quite give the average fan credit for being able to walk and chew gum at the same time. This may be an example of that. Uh, But nonetheless, Mike says, uh, I guess he got some clarification from Kirby Smart that his comments were meant to be taken, uh, not to be taken literally so much as within the context of the work Uh, place balance question, which I think any fan who's halfway paying attention would have kind of already obviously got that. But here's the thing that I think you should also understand, too, that even if Smart sort of half joking and half serious with him, he says that it's still interesting that Kirby Smart talked about the grind that was kind of facing him. If you want to go back to the 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 summer of 2021 and that was probably echoed again here in June of 2022 because we know how many visits that Georgia was hosting here for this particular summer there as well. It's still interesting even if Smart was sort of half kidding when he said that. And it does also sort of kind of play into some of the things that Smart has said before. You want to go back to an ESPN interview back in, I guess it would have been February, uh on just the kind of the grind that exists for coaches. What Smart told the Texas high school guys yesterday is really not all that different than some of the things that Smart has said in the past on this, that the way in which the calendar works now, the way in which transfer portal has changed things, maybe even NIL to an extent too, but certainly the transfer portal, that it is putting a lot of pressure on coaches. And Smart may have been joking when he said, I was ready to quit and hang it up. There are some coaches who have not been joking about this. In fact, they have quit Is it quit? (laughs) That's not the word. They have quit. They have hung it up. They have stopped coaching in college. They've moved on the NFL. They've gone back to high school. They just sit at home and do nothing. But they're not coaching in college anymore. And Smart talked candidly back in the winter about that, echoing some of what he said yesterday. This was Kirby Smart.
1: What's the best path forward? What needs to change for the betterment of the sport? It worries me, I'll be real honest with you, where the game of college football is going First concern I have, the best leaders and the best men to run it and be organized with it are leaving. The best coaches are going to the NFL because they get more time with their families. They want no part of NIL portal, constant recruiting. And you say, well, why not? Go live it and see how long you want to do it. It's not what it used to be. And I see coaches left and right, you know a lot of them, that have stepped out of this game that are saying, I'm done. Good men, great leaders, they don't want to be a part of it. That concerns me for the future of it. Where's it going? And I'm not talking about NIL or Portal in particular. I'm just saying the amount of time. best thing the NCAA did was give February where coaches couldn't recruit and bring people on campus. But I think you've got to look at the calendar and say what's best for everybody because the amount of salaries that have gone up have made it so competitive that it's nonstop at the top. It is relentless and nonstop. And if you can't cut it, you'll be gone pretty quick.
0: There's a lot I could say about this, but in the sake of the time that we have for this right now, let me just say this. I think the concern that Smart addresses there and what he addressed apparently this week with the Texas high school football coaches, I think it's a real concern. Now, I don't believe it's going to cause Smart to step down anytime soon as Georgia's football coach. I I don't. But I think anything that a guy like Kirby says repeatedly is the kind of thing that you ought to lean into and listen to. And I do think there is a grind on coaches right now that is leading to a little bit of a brain drain in the sport that that good, capable coaches are moving on in the NFL when they can. In some cases, some guys are choosing to do that. Or like you think about a Matt Luke or somebody like that, who's just sort of stepped down and, you know, decided not to coach um you, you just see examples of that and that's not really what you want college coaching to be listen in the day and age of nil when players are in some cases getting cold hard cash the most valuable thing they are given for participating in college football is is still the unfettered access to experts in the field. Coaches, guys whose expertise has been deemed to be worth millions of dollars, sharing that knowledge with players, that level of training you get from coaches like Kirby Smart and the guys that Kirby employs is still the most valuable asset the players will get for participating in college football. In fact, I would even rank it above the college education. Even if they take the degree seriously – The education you get from spending time around these coaches is still, I would say, more valuable training than even the college diploma that you might simultaneously get for participating in college football. And you don't want to lose the best guys because of the grind. So I think you should take this probably pretty seriously, not seriously from the standpoint that Kirby's going to take his ball and go home. I don't think that's the case, and I don't think that he was serious yesterday when he said that. But I do think he's serious when he says that what's being asked of coaches right now is maybe to a degree an unsustainable model. And just because they make a lot of money doesn't change the fact that maybe this is the kind of thing we got to take a little bit seriously. My name is Brandon Adams, and this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. We're presented by Brady Pest Management. We're glad to have you with us. No matter how you get to us live on video today, 10 a.m. Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch. We're on the radio at noon on Athens Sports Radio 960 Ref. We're available as a podcast wherever you find them, including the worldfamousdognation.com. Just really happy to have you with us. Also, really happy to bring on a special guest here in a moment. A lot of times on Wednesdays, it's Mike Griffith. Mike's actually at SEC Media Days today, so we'll catch up with him on Friday to kind of recap the week that was. We're going to welcome in former Georgia linebacker Rennie Curran to the show in just a moment. I've been Uh, Trying to catch up with Rennie now for a little while, and our schedules kind of lined up today to be able to do that. So, looking forward to speaking to Rennie about a good number of topics. In fact, normally we do around the doghouse here. Coming up in a moment, Uh, Michael. While I get ready to tell folks about Pass Management, I want to go ahead and get Rennie ready to go here today, and then we'll um, obviously do around the doghouse some of that kind of stuff a little bit later on. By the way, speaking of Pass Management. We know our folks at uh, Breda love Renny Curran, and all the great former dogs because they're the official pest control provider of UGA Athletics. That means the kinds of resources that Breda gives to the dogs, including protecting Sanford Stadium, the other athletic venues, they can also bring that to your home there as well, which is kind of cool. Let's face that. But what's even more cool than that is, is they can really impact you in an area which is probably the most important of anything to you right now. And that's your own wallet. Because let's face it, things are getting more and more expensive, seemingly every week every month and year over year that's especially true and you may have found the same thing to be true with your pest control provider, with your termite contract, with the, with the the things that you're doing to take good care of your house, you may have found out that that's gotten way more expensive. Well, listen, not with Breda Pest Management. When you make the switch to Breda Pest Management, they're going to put more money back into your pocket right away. That's what Breda is going to do for you, saving you money instantly just for making the switch. So do me a favor, check them out online and learn more about this. It's bredapest.com. Uh, it's spelled B-R-E-D-A, bredapest.com. They can lock in your uh, costs. They can give you big savings. They can do that for you. Check them out online. BredaPest.com for a lot more on that. B-R-E-D-A. BredaPest.com for a whole lot more. All right, so we are extraordinarily busy on the show today. We're following live what's happening with Kirby Smart, the Georgia Bulldogs, including Stetson Bennett, Cedric Von Granger, and Nolan Smith at SEC Media Days. We're going to react here in a little bit to a brand new SEC network analyst using his new platform to take a little bit of a jab at the dogs. We'll react to that here coming up in just a bit. We'll follow the other news as it relates to SEC Media Days there too, But for now, also, anytime you have a chance to bring on a special guest, you're always happy to be able to do that. And we're going to hopefully catch up with Rennie Curran here in just a moment, although we don't have Rennie right now. So we'll see if we can catch up with him and get ready to go with him coming up here in just a couple of minutes. So Kind of juggling live and in the moment here, since we're not quite ready for Rennie, what do you say we go back and do around the doghouse, which we typically do around this time anyway? And if uh, Rennie's ready, we'll, uh, we actually do have Rennie now. So see, this is how it goes. It just, it's back and forth. You think you're doing this. You think you're doing that. And the job, when you sit in this chair sometimes, is just sort of be ready to go and happy with whatever, especially when the reward on the other side of that is to get a chance to talk to a great former George Bulldog, which is what we have a chance to do. In fact, I believe he is ready to go with us. It is Rennie Curran, great former dog, uh, terrific speaker in the community right now, doing big things uh, for a lot of people. And let's hear about all of that right now. It's uh, Rennie Curran here on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Breda Past Management. Hope you enjoyed and glad to have you with us. Always fun to get a chance to uh, catch up with Rennie Curran, a guy who obviously represented the Georgia Bulldogs very well during his playing career and has gone on to be a great ambassador as a former dog here in the community in recent years, doing some great public speaking and working with the foundation, things like that. Rennie, so good to have you on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Breda Past Management here today. Thanks for making time with us, and I hope you're doing really well.
2: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. It's uh, always an honor to come on.
0: Glad to have you for sure, and I know you had to have been thrilled the way the rest of us were back in the wintertime. We saw Georgia hoist that national championship trophy. How much fun was that for you to see your alma mater, the school where you played, bring home a national title that I know you know how long so many Georgia fans have been waiting for that. How much fun was it for you to uh, be able to see uh, the dogs get that done back in January?
2: Oh, man, it was amazing just being there and uh, being a part of just the game and the excitement I think got. Almost tackled my girlfriend when uh, when uh, Kelly Ringo made that pick. just like everybody else. It, it was a crazy moment, and then afterwards got to hang out with the guys and just extremely proud, man, for all of us uh, former Bulldogs who played and who put the work in and made the foundation. Man, I think I can speak for everyone when so I say that uh, we're just like extremely proud and they're just thankful that we're part of the Bulldog Nation and the Bulldog family. And uh, you know, they really they didn't just win it. You know, for themselves, they wanted for all of us guys to, you know, sweat, but, uh, bled, all that, man, for the G. And so it was really cool just to uh, be a part of it, and the fact that you know Kirby also made us all a part of it as well. You know, in the in the national Ch- uh, championship celebration, everything like that, man. So yeah, it was it was really, really a special moment, and uh, they deserve it, man. Because we all forget this this time. You know, last year, a couple of years ago, was the pandemic and there was so much uncertainty and things going on, we didn't even know if we we're going to have a season. So to see them bounce back and have the type of year that they did, especially on defense, man, which was special.
0: No, I think that's exactly right. Uh, really good stuff there. And now everybody wants to know Okay, what comes next? What's the encore performance? And Georgia's at SEC Media Days here right now, talking about some of that. Obviously, summer practices are just right around the corner. And I guess I'm curious for you you know what it takes to compete at the highest level when it comes to college football. You were a great player yourself. And how does Georgia come back and make sure not to lose its edge, not to have that competitive fire diminish because it's kind of been to the mountaintop? It's been where it wants to be. How do you make sure you come back with that same intensity? to try to come back and do it all over again. How does this team do that, Rennie?
2: Yeah, and I mean, you know, when you talk about just maintaining that edge and that competitiveness and the mindset, they're doing that right now. I, I guarantee if you go up there, you know, the, the workouts and the, the meetings that are taking place before the season, you know, before, long before the season, this is when they start to build that mentality and, you know, that culture and uh, just that elite-level play. Uh, it starts in everything that you do in the offseason. You know, uh, as soon as that next class leaves, getting the next group of seniors together, really building that camaraderie. You know, they're doing the goal session, uh, which is something that they do to really establish that leadership and mindset that Kirby implemented. You know, all those little things uh, that you do to really build that morale, build that camaraderie and trust. You know, and, and establish yourselves, man. It, it really, really pays off, and Kirby's done such a great job with that. Just really, not just uh, focusing on winning games, but really building championship culture and uh, that's where it starts where everybody from your seniors down to your freshmen when they come in you know you get the new guys in. you really indoctrinate them it's just like the, the belief and the mindset of what it is to be a Georgia Bulldog and what it is to, to not just you know win games but really operate at a certain level on and off the field so I, I really think he, he's done a great job of that and even just establishing the depth you know when you look at our defense there wasn't one guy who was, who was making all the plays it was, defense by committee, and uh, same thing offensively, so he's, he's really done a great job of just building that depth, and we all know recruiting is off the chart. so, um, you know, I, I think that's how you really do it, establishing that mindset in the offseason, recruiting, you know, all the things that you, you do selectively to, to really, you know, that leads to the championship and everything, so we're, we're going to be fine.
0: Rennie, when you were a player, you were obviously good on the field, and you were a big leader for this program, too. And I'm curious, you know, it's one thing to lead by example on the field. It's another thing to be the vocal leader that steps up and speaks to teammates and pushes them to get better. I'm guessing there's an extra challenge associated with that because you have to, you know, you have to, you know, show some confidence to be able to do that. You know, think about your own life and time as a player kind of emerging as a leader what was it like for you to kind of take on that that responsibility? And for a lot of these Georgia players this year who maybe watched other guys lead but will now be asked yeah. to be more vocal themselves, how do they take on that responsibility for themselves here this season?
2: Yeah, no, that's a, a great question, man. And People don't realize, like, you, you come in and you're 18, 19 years old and you're trying to figure out yourself and how to manage yourself and lead yourself. So the, a lot of it comes from that class before you. You know, you either learn – from those guys in a good way or if you learn from the, the bad uh, uh, leadership, you know, in terms of if you have those teammates that don't really care and, and aren't really in tune with the culture and aren't really buying in. And, uh, either way, it provides you with that challenge to, to really establish yourself. And as you move up, you know, in your success and as a player, as you start to really earn the coach's trust and earn your teammates' trust, it puts that, you know, really pressure on you in a good way to, to really be the one to speak up, especially if you if you're one of the ones on the field making plays and and you know that if you're gonna be successful like you gotta have other teammates with you that you hold accountable and you guys have to push each other to be the best. So that's a lot of what it's about, man. It's not just like, you know, you getting to that level where you're speaking up and you building yourself as a leader, but a lot of times like you know you have to do that. You have to go hold other guys accountable if you ultimately wanna win. Because it all it takes is one person to be off, you know, for a game or for a play. And that could be the difference in a, in a game. You know, it comes down to, especially if you're playing Obama, um, and a lot of the top-tier teams, it comes down to, you know, a lot of top two to three plays that, that make the difference. So, um, you know, when it comes to leadership, man, it, it's uh, one of those things that's a constant challenge. You know, you're constantly challenging yourself to improve personally, but then you're looking around and you're looking at the guys around you and say, hey, if we want to be the best, like, this is what we have to do. We have to call each other out. And Those are the best teams that i played on where the teams where guys weren't afraid to like ring each other by the neck yeah. and they weren't afraid to like, uh, you know, uh, get on that freshman, or get on that sophomore and, and just say, Hey, like pull your weight. And, and we would hold our own meetings and pick initiative. It wasn't just the coaches. It was us as players getting on each other. And, and uh, I think that's what you really see now with this, these uh, recent teams.
0: Well, that's really interesting stuff, uh, Rennie, for sure. Uh, fascinating. And one of the guys that could be kind of stepping up in that leadership role this year is quarterback Stetson Bennett, who I think is an interesting figure. You know, he's at SEC Media Days today, but in some respects, it seems like he's going to be overlooked in comparison to other quarterbacks in this league. Now, obviously, Bryce Young's the Heisman Trophy winner. You get that, but you also see a lot of other quarterbacks getting more attention than Bennett's going to get after Stetson was the quarterback that helped lead Georgia to a national championship last season. You know, what is your kind of impression of Bennett as a player, and how do you think he kind of compares – to the rest of the sport here, he's clearly a little bit of an outlier because he is a former walk-on. He's not as big as some of the other guys that Mm -hmm. are out there, but you know he also had a good bit of success last season. What's your overall evaluation of who Stetson Bennett is and what he kind of is as a player?
2: Yeah, for me, man, I I really, really identify with Stetson a lot. And being, you know, the fact that he's undersized, I was known as being an undersized guy, uh, coming out of, you know, being that, small town kind of player. I mean, of course, I grew up in Selville, but he's, he's you know, a kid that grew up as a Jordan fan, and uh, just like me, and um, I know what that feels like when you come in, and, and not a lot of people are expecting great things from you. You have that underdog mentality, you know, just that chip on your shoulder, and, um, you know, you, you're being doubted, and things like that, and I know for a guy like Betson, he's a competitor, you know, he's a guy who constantly has that chip on his shoulder, so if I were to sit down with him right now, I could tell you that he say he's not really looking at those other players, they're really even thinking about, you know, where he's ranked or, or uh, anything like that, even the awards for him, it's about living out his childhood dreams, it's about you know, competing, it's, it's that, like I said, that underdog mentality man, where when you're doubted, it just kind of fuels you, fuels you to uh, prove people wrong, and um, I think he's going to continue to do a great job, and um, you know, the, the, his teammates love him and trust them. you can see that, man, and that's, that's half the battle is just your teammates believing in you um, as well, you know, once you get into that position. Because when you're, when you're there, when you're in the locker room, it, it really is about what goes on in that locker room and what goes on in that film room and the trust that you have amongst your teammates. So I think that's the main thing that he's focused on. And I'm really just proud of the way that he, he's bounced back and uh, faced adversity because, I mean, you know, it, I, I was – like, looking at this National Championship game, I was like, man, it, it sucks with all the hard work that he's put in and everything that he's overcome that he's had to still – basically, it, it it comes down to that game to really establish, like, his legacy, essentially. And that's a lot of pressure. But uh, the fact that he's he's met those challenges and that he's come from all being a walk-on – I mean, just even being a walk-on and getting becoming a starter is a challenge in itself. So the Seahawks that he's been able to accomplish is really, really – amazing. I think, like, time will really tell in terms of, like, just how special uh, he he is, man, as a a player and as a person.
0: It's a fascinating uh, evaluation, Renny. I appreciate that. And obviously, we remember you as a great player, but now you're doing a lot of terrific things in our community. You know, you're a very accomplished speaker, and you you know, working with a lot of charitable causes, your foundation, kind of give folks a little bit of an idea of kind of what you have going on and kind of some of the stuff that you're doing. And if folks want maybe you to speak to their organization or just to kind of find out a little bit more about some of the stuff that you are a part of right now, how they can find you online.
2: Yeah. Thanks so much, man. I, I really appreciate it. And since I really, uh, I mean, it started back when I was at university, George, I started speaking at schools and churches and everything It just, Uh, really leveraging my story, and it's really grown into leadership development. So I work with uh, businesses, with associations, with uh, schools as well, but speaking mostly on leadership, teamwork, and uh, performance. So just really talking about strategies that can help people improve their personal and professional lives. And this has been uh, my championship year. I'd say I've been able to speak to some some amazing companies from Fidelity to – I got Kaiser coming up uh, tomorrow, actually. And, uh, yeah, it's just really grown, man. And the, I, I got to give uh, a special shout-out and thanks to the Bulldog Nation because they really, really have supported me, man. Like, It's from all over the state. I've been everywhere from Wake Cross to TACOA, you know, speaking to, to schools and businesses and associations. And it's just been awesome, man. So um, if anybody wants me to come out and speak to their their uh, organization, whether it's a business or association or nonprofit, um, you can go to my website, uh, rennycurren.com. And, uh, and I also offer coaching. That's what a lot of people don't know. They ask me if I, if I ever want to coach, but I, I'm like, I don't do that type of coaching. I do leadership and business coaching. So if there's anybody who you know needs help with just overall accountability, time management, um, marketing strategy, I, I do that as well. And um, I, I love it, man. This is something that gives me that same feeling that I had when I was running out the tunnel. So it's just a lot of fun.
0: Well, congratulations on your success, Rennie. We love to see that, and we love to have a chance to talk to some, uh, you about some Georgia football. You're such a, uh, a well-respected voice and all of that. So we'll look forward to hopefully getting a chance to do that with you again very soon. And thank you so much for your time on our show today.
2: Yes, sir. Thanks so much, man. And go dog.
0: Yes, sir, Renny. Great stuff there from Renny Curran, the terrific former dog and a great player with the uh, uh, the Brookwood Broncos team. Uh, just a terrific, terrific uh, uh, football figure in our state, and a guy who's using that fame and that 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 platform that he's been given to do you know great things for for businesses and for people who kind of want to take the next step in their life. He's a, a very accomplished speaker. And obviously, uh, a tremendous guest for us to be able to have on the show here today. So, if you're just joining us somehow, this is uh, Dog Nation Daily presented by Breda Pass Management. We are doing this live today as Georgia participates in SEC Media Days. Now, coming up in a couple of minutes, I'm going to react to something that happened for, uh, at least related to Georgia yesterday at CC Media Days, we'll do that as a version of Around the Doghouse here coming up, but also a little bit different than normal for us to be kind of reacting in the moment to something that's happening live. We saw a moment ago on the screen a tweet from uh, our buddy Barrett Salee from CBS Sports about one of the comments from Kirby Smart as it relates to Stetson Bennett. I thought that uh, Randy Curran had some interesting things uh, to say about Bennett a moment ago. Kirby himself on the subject of Bennett SEC media days he says I see all of these lists and I'm like man talk about the total disrespect boy that's an interesting thing to hear from Kirby Smart and what he's referencing is at least I presume what he's referencing is that this is list season and we like lists you know we make our own lists from time to time and we certainly debate other people's lists and you see you know top quarterbacks in in some cases the SEC in some cases it's nationally like There was a list that we probably gave some attention to a couple of weeks ago of, like, say, the top 25 quarterbacks in college football. Instead, so Bennett was nowhere to be found. Now, admittedly, I would say that Bennett right now, I think, actually rates pretty well when you compare to quarterbacks nationally. I think he is one of the 25 best in the country. I do think this happens to be a year in which that there are a lot of very good quarterbacks in the SEC. I don't think it's a scandal if Bennett's not one of the all-SEC quarterbacks, just given the fact that this is a pretty deep league when it comes to quarterback position here this year. But what's interesting to me about what Kirby Smart says there is the fact that he's even kind of acknowledging the offseason chatter in any form or fashion. This is the kind of thing that with Smart wants to pretend he's totally unaware of this. That's something he does pretty regularly. So the fact that in the midst of this and from the context of Barrett's tweets alone, you can't tell if that's from a private personal interview, what kind of a one-on-one interview that some of the coaches do, or if that's from like the big media hall in front of all the reporters, you can't quite tell based on the context of that tweet alone. But it is certainly setting up a narrative by Smart for Bennett of, Disrespect, overlooked, not given enough credit, really kind of speaking that into the the record here in a way that Smart might just be willing to ignore in the past. So clearly Smart embracing the idea of the underdog quarterback instead of Bennett, the kind of overlooked guy. And maybe that's either either a challenge to Bennett to come out and be better, or maybe that's a way of being able to say, see, I told you so, and it works out all, all well for a UG again this season. Anything else from Georgia right now stepping up and interesting? So this is at media days when it comes to NIL. Now, yesterday, Smart told the Texas high school football coaches they had 85 guys who had some form of NIL deal. Uh, This is Smart at media days. I believe this is today um this is from today yeah the unfortunate part of nil is you hear all the negative and all the negative outweighs the positive by the way thanks for getting this quote ready so quickly he says uh you've got a guy like dan jackson who's not on scholarship who's having uh, to use the nil to pay for his college education and help himself out with nil we've got a guy Micah morris who's got an ill father he says he's been able to send money back to his dad who's on dialysis first of all, that's a sad story um uh, in, in, in incredibly sad uh but incredibly inspiring there as well which is that mike is using some, some of that money to help him he says there's countless stories like that i would rival anybody in the country with 95 and you know, yesterday's 85 now it's 95 <laughs> so by by tomorrow it'll be 120 but anyway with 95 nil deals coming off a national championship and pretty gaudy number total that we've been able to give out but i don't think it's about marketing that and selling that it's more about the depth of our deals than the total amount so kirby smart touting what george is able to give to its current players related to nil and you know the, the the context around this is is that uh, you know it's been sort of thought well kirby's not embracing nil and kirby's not embracing that culture Well, with this particular quote, Smart is embracing that. It kind of echoes a little bit of some of the stuff that Nick Saban said yesterday when Saban sort of touted the total dollar amount uh, that his players earned a year ago. Smart touting the total number of players who've gotten the NIL deal saying it's 95 Georgia players. That'd actually be more than just the scholarship players, including uh, you're told Dan Jackson right there, who's using, as Smart says, some NIL stuff to pay for his college. Uh, it's an interesting statement by Smart, and I think it's kind of an interesting outlier where there are a few schools you prom, you prominently think of Miami, you think of Louisville, you think of Texas in this cycle, you think of Texas a in the previous cycle, who seem to be leading with NIL as their main recruiting pitch. We have some video evidence from a you know a few days ago that A&M is clearly doing that, uh, and you you certainly have plenty of social media activity from a guy like John Ruiz that that suggests that's just the biggest part of the pitch that Miami and programs like that are making right now. Kirby Smart, it has been assumed, uh, has said, you know, let's recruit players who don't have NIL as their prime concern. Interesting to note that Jamal Jarrett, the guy who committed yesterday, you know, based on some of what I believe was his mom who said that, you know, NIL was not the reason they made their college choice. Those are the kinds of players that Georgia seems to really enjoy recruiting right now. But that should not be taken based on Smart's Words, MessiC Media Days uh, here today. That Georgia's not embracing NIL. They're just embracing the kind of players who want to work and get better. And then they're making sure that those are the players that get rewarded for the hard work they're putting in, which I think for most of us is probably the way that we sort of think life should work. And I think that Kirby Smart is not only orchestrating the Georgia program in a way that's made it successful, but he's also. I think operating within a system in a way that sort of, you know, allows college football to remain sustainable in the future. You know, sustainable is a word that gets thrown around a lot. You think about sustainable fishing and all these things that smart people always talk about, you know, like, I think there's also a sustainable way to do NIL maybe. And I believe the way in which, you know, Kirby Smart is, is maybe, sort of the architect of the Georgia NIL system here, I think is not just good for Georgia potentially, but also a way of making, you know, the college football system the way we've understood it somewhat sustainable for the future there. Not everybody's going to like that. And Georgia's probably already lost a recruiter too, because it's not as, you know, as aggressive on the front end with NIL. But let's see how those kinds of schools who do those kinds of things let's also see how well that works out over the course of the long haul this is a discussion that'll be had over the course of years and not merely over the course of months anything else from smart for right now uh trey wallace a reporter who covers uh tennessee also on twitter here saying that we will not be hunted at the university of georgia we will be the one doing the hunting on being the defending national champion i like the idea of that uh That sounds pretty good to me. Uh, Smart kind of laying that down. And that's kind of what you want to do. And I also thought this, you know, this kind of ties in back to some of the comments that Smart also made yesterday when he was in Texas. Smart actually said something from the podium there that we've said on the show many times, which is that complacency may be a big issue, maybe sometimes in professional sports, because the same players who helped you win one championship are coming back the following year Sometimes in professional sports there's just a little bit more continuity year to year with the roster. But one of the things that we believe that actually helps Georgia from coming becoming too complacent is the fact that so many of the guys that contributed to last year's national championship they're gone. And while you hate to lose talent, the fact that new players are either in an expanded role from where they were a year ago or simply playing now in a way they weren't a year ago All of a sudden, those players aren't fat and happy because last year's national championship, they may have gotten a ring for it, but that title didn't belong to them as much as it belonged to Jordan Davis and Trayvon Walker and, you know, uh, Jamar Salyer and guys who are no longer here. And that's one of the things that Smart kind of addressed yesterday is maybe a little less concerned about potential complacency because some of the guys that are in the biggest roles for Georgia this year are in the role of Hunter. They're not just hunting another national championship, although that's part of it. They're hunting their own NFL success. If they're young players, maybe they're hunting their own NIL deals. They're out there hunting some of the stuff that other guys have kind of gotten in the uh, past there, which is all the more reason why you know it's kind of cool to have you know younger players stepping up or players who were in kind of a supporting role a year ago, kind of in a starring role here right now. I like that from Kirby Smart, by the way. It also ties in pretty well. Don't think i didn't notice to our dog nation duck hunt to uh, start the upcoming season i'm all about that uh uh there as well a little bit of uh guerrilla marketing the part of smart when it comes to dog nation duck hunt here on september 3rd by the way you can still get in on the waiting list we're sort of sold out on tickets now but hoping to open up a few more our operations guy bj is actually on vacation this week so hopefully when he gets back we can kind of get some folks full-fledged into the ticket uh story there on that so uh Uh, dognation.com more details about dognation.com how you can get in on the the situation there i'll use the kirby smart comment about being a hunter as a springboard to do that anything else from kirby right now okay uh here's connor riley writing at dognation.com the subject of the kirby smart contract he says i'm not concerned at all about it they've been tremendous with my presentation Uh, I'm sorry, with my representation, and I'm completely comfortable with where everything is. Both sides have worked hard with getting the thing done, and they've been tremendous. I can't say more about what they've been willing to do. The communication they've had, it's just not as easy a process as you think it is. People think it's just a number in a year. There's so much more that goes into it in the world we live in. As far as a contract has to be spelled out correctly on both sides, we're trying to make sure that it's done right. So That's Kirby Smart talking about the new contract that we know that's it's on its way, but it hasn't been made finalized yet. Now, let me use this as a way of kind of s- circling back to what we were discussing near the beginning of today's show, which is Kirby Smart talking about the, the sort of fatigue he felt in June of 2021. You'd presume that some of that was also in place of June of 2022 because of how Uh, aggressive the summer calendar has gotten for coaches and really taken away a lot of what used to be, in some cases, the only vacation time they got. If you're a successful program that's recruiting very well and playing deep into the postseason, June was a time which you could kind of get away at one point in time in the past. And now that's not really the case anymore with all the recruiting that takes place. And that's been a real time crunch on coaches. Now, here's what I believe, whether it's like explicit or just sort of subconsciously, here's what I kind of believe is going on here a little bit is that ultimately, Kirby Smart is in negotiation right now, or his agent is, for a new contract. But this is not like a one-and-done type negotiation taking place at UGA. In some form or fashion, Kirby will always be negotiating with his employer, the same way you're always negotiating with your employer about something. And listen, you may be a happy employee, and your employer may be happy with you, but you're still negotiating over stuff. Hey, can I have some extra time off? Can I have a few extra dollars here? Can I expense this thing that uh, I had to buy? You know, there's just some level of negotiation that's always ongoing with your employer, and sports are no different. Kirby Smart truly is very happy at Georgia, but every coach that's ever existed has had. Some other thing that has kind of popped up for him. And at some point in time, there was some other job you might think he might take. And for most coaches that have ended up not taking that job, it's actually been a springboard to better conditions at the job they currently have. Like Dabo Swinney is an example of this. At one point in time, it was thought, hey, maybe Dabo Swinney, because he went to Alabama, played at Alabama, Maybe he'll follow Nick Saban's footsteps and be the coach at Alabama. Well, now he's pretty firmly established at Clemson, so it's not obvious to me that he'd even want to do that. But if Saban retires, Dabo stands to get a pretty big raise because of that, because there's this thought that maybe one day he might might go to Alabama. And almost every great coach has had the job that maybe he might take. Even since Nick Saban's been to Alabama, even he's been one of those guys because there was the brief flirtation, however real it was, with Texas a few years ago. So every great college coach, seemingly at some point in time, has the other job that he might take. But Kirby Smart doesn't really have an obvious answer to that. You know, there's not another job he might take, not just because George is his alma mater and his family's deeply entrenched in Athens, his own wife, an alma mater uh, uh, alumna of Georgia her- herself. It's not just that. Georgia, the University of Georgia, is commonly mentioned as the very best college football job. And that's been true even before Kirby Smart got the job. All these lists that ranked the best job, Georgia very often ranked as the very best job in college football, even before Kirby Smart turned it into the successful program that's became. But there's just not really a very logical conclusion that Smart would ever leave Georgia for another college job. So therefore, that's a huge portion of his negotiation leverage that's just kind of lost. Something that Dabble has, he doesn't have. Something that Nick Saban has had that he doesn't have. Even guys like going to go back a million years ago, Vince Dooley, Bobby Bowden, you know, guys like that, there were thoughts that maybe at some point in their career they might leave and go somewhere else. That just sort of happens for every great coach, seemingly. But Kirby doesn't have an obvious place that he might go. So I do think there's this need to create some leverage in negotiations, and not necessarily the negotiation just for this contract but all future negotiations that'll take place between him and UGA uh, for the amount of money he can pay his assistants, the amount of recruiting budget or, you know, whatever else facilities, you know, whatever else. There has to be a little bit of leverage that exists so that you can get what you want, even in sort of a good natured, agreeable negotiation. The presence of leverage still just helps. And while smart doesn't have the obvious place that he might go you know the idea of well i'm not quite so sure how I want to do this like that probably ends up serving as a similar level of leverage of a great employee you want to keep happy and we're not worried about him leaving and going coaching somewhere else putting in a day and age in which coaches might be retiring sooner somewhere down the line we want to keep him happy enough so that he wants to keep doing this job it's just the kind of thing that even subconsciously becomes just maybe a, a little bit of leverage there on that. It's the kind of thing that, look, in life, every negotiation is always won by the party who wants the outcome the least. That's just true across the board. And so the way that you handle that in sports is to have some leverage. A program has a coach it could hire. A coach has a job he could take. And that creates the kind of leverage that ultimately allows deals to get done. And. We don't like to think about that part of it, but trust me, in the boardroom, that all gets very, very real. Anything else from Media Days for right now? Uh, All right, here's a couple of other quotes here for a moment. He says, I've got the best coaching staff since I've been here at Georgia, obviously expressing some uh, confidence there. That's interesting. I I don't know the context of the question, but there have been some fans that have asked some questions about some of the hires here as of late, but Smart seems to be very happy about how all that's going, presumably both on the field and in recruiting, on the team's identity he says we're hungry we've got a lot of guys who want to prove themselves they don't want to be the guy that we're replacing they want to be the next guy and that does speak to what we were saying a moment ago and once again i think that's a pretty strong quote there from kirby uh how about eric gilbert he says i expect eric gilbert to give us an effort an an a effort every day he's worked really hard on bringing his weight down so at one point time there was some chatter related to that that he might be a little heavy when i saw him at g day didn't look that way to me uh, got a real nose for the football. I think that Gilbert's got a chance to be a real breakout player for UGA. Nice to hear Kirby saying what he's saying. And that's is that. that, that that's it for right now. Uh, okay, One more thing here. Uh, so uh, the uh, folks in the Chick-fil-A uh, kickoff announced this today. that Georgia-Oregon now officially a sellout. So uh, by the way, uh, Sarah Spencer doing a great job. The AJC covering college football now at sec media days and uh giving you a little bit of an update there uh officially a sellout between the dogs and the ducks and i told you before our dog nation duck hunt tailgate is there kind of on the way so all of this is sort of happening in the moment a little bit different for us to be reacting to something live as it's ongoing but we're doing that uh here today uh anything else for now all right we may have some more stuff before we're done let me kind of transition to our uh um around the doghouse we pretty much do this every single day here on dog nation daily presented by Breda Pass management and your kirby smart there a moment ago saying you know we want to be the hunter you know our guys are hungry basically the overwhelming theme for george at sec media days is not sort of sitting fat and happy with the idea of that georgia kind of f- sort of finished its story by winning the national championship a year ago they want to come back with the same edge to start this season they had a year ago and maybe you know some of the analysts that were there this week for the sec network and covering this on tv they may be either knowingly or unknowingly may help george in that regard that was very interesting uh, that a guy who is a brand new uh analyst for the sec network Teo spikes who obviously played at auburn and what's frustrating here by the way is a quick aside we were just saying a bunch of nice stuff about to spikes on the show Not even a dadgum week ago, we were bragging on Takio because uh, he's going to the Georgia High School Football Hall of Fame. He was a teammate of our buddy Terrence Edwards. And last Thursday, when Terrence was with us, we were saying all kinds of good stuff about Takio Spikes. And Takio Spikes now goes on TV and basically picks Georgia to get beaten in a shocking upset. Now, I think Georgia can use this for fuel, and most Georgia fans won't be mad about it. But Takio Spikes, essentially making his TV debut as an analyst of the SEC Network, says he's got the dogs losing in Columbia to the Gamecocks? Where is this coming from from Takio? This is TV from this week.
2: I am completely sick of the disrespect that they're putting on <laughs> Spentler's. rally. Let's <rattler> go. I'm <laughs> thank I you, that did even play quarterback. Tell him. But let me tell you why, though, because it's so much the element of surprise. We talk about how can a defense prepare for a quarterback. That they haven't seen, and that's what Spentler Rattler is going to bring to the table. Defenses can't really say I know what you do until I get three to four games on the book. When you look at them, they come out and they play Georgia State, then Arkansas. Of course, of course, Arkansas is going to be hard. But I really got this team upset in Georgia at home oh. in Columbia. Make sure you're close. I need to have your number is on speed dial. Is there a resi- is there reason
0: why you're pointing at me? Well, I mean, you I'm do get out of the way over here. If you, wanna just, uh, you guys uh, want to just? You guys want uh, settle this uh, I mean, here? I can, mean, we can talk about Auburn too. Well, we well like. that's 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 another hey. day. Okay. Also, just so you know, all all the producers in the truck right now are cutting this tape they're cutting and they're saving of- it. They're putting it on a <laughs> shelf, and believe me, we're gonna come back to this conversation <laughs> but, oh, in this clip. I love it. <laughs> I love the fact that there's really no disguising now that regular sports TV is essentially no different than pro wrestling. It's like if you're Takio Spikes, it's your first day being an analyst, you have to have like the hottest take imaginable. So you're, you know, Georgia's going to lose to South Carolina. Listen, I like Takio. Uh, I've met him a couple times, think he's certainly a terrific player, a very deserving Georgia High School Football Hall of Famer. We were bragging on him a week ago. Uh, but he goes on TV and cuts a promo against UGA in his first day on the job. But we talk about payback, uh, you know, uh, no good deed going unpunished. Super disappointing. And as I said before, like total like pro wrestling style rollout of like first day on the job. Give me your scorched earthquake take. And uh, takio Spikes gives it to you. I have to ask Terrence about this tomorrow. Terrence and takio are buddies. And who uh, uh, takio uh, laying out there for Georgia? But you know what? As I said before, for most Georgia fans, they'll just sort of take this and be happy to have it. Kirby Smart and the idea of like you know fuel and you know all the stuff he talked about wanting being the hunter and not getting you know complacent and new guys who kind of are hungry to kind of show what they're all about they don't want to be the next jordan davis or the next trayvon walker they want to be the own version of themselves. that's all that's all really good that's I, and listen uh you can blast this to keo spikes take on the uh, speakers there at the uh, indoor practice facility or whatever else i think this kind of feeds in to the narrative for uga that alabama got treated like the champs yesterday georgia getting treated like the chumps here today um, I don't know if that's that's quite true, but 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 you get the point that I'm making, is that all of this sort of adds into uh, to a good bit of fuel for the dogs here for the uh, upcoming season. All right. So normally we do like the SEC through, but it's like it's 11 o'clock at this point in time. We'll just save some of the SEC stuff and we'll kind of get to that as we get to the rest of the week. Uh, but the Georgia stuff is ongoing. Uh, if you'll read Mike Griffith, Connor Riley, dognation.com, they'll have a ton of stories. Tomorrow we'll have a ton of like audio for you. It's very hard to turn the audio around so quick. Um, so we'll do a lot of the audio from the various uh, Interviews tomorrow during the show. We just can't turn audio around quite so quick uh, for the show here right now, but we'll do that with you tomorrow. I'm going to get something else we want to share here. Okay. Uh, our buddy Michael Carville, who, by the way, has done a great job today, you know, kind of balancing uh, a guest and some uh, live stuff and the regular stuff, you know, we had planned for the show, done a really good job of kind of doing this on the fly. I think he's got something else for us. Uh, let's see what this is. Our, our buddy uh, Ross Dellinger quoting Jim Phillips jim phillips is the acc commissioner i apologize for not knowing that yeah acc commissioner jim phillips he says, uh, <laughs> he says i'm proud of the work we did in the alliance the big 10 did what's best for the conference it's uh not for me to judge so there you go acc media days actually begins today let me just tell you this acc media days if you ever get a chance to go there you should definitely do it acc media Days is super nice they always have it like a resort like sec media days is like <laughs> It's very intense by comparison. Like the ACC thing is always like a golf resort. The coaches are playing golf. They're hanging out. Like one time I went to ACC Meaty Days and like just sort of chit chatting with the coaches, sort of sitting around, you know, eating the buffet together, or something like that. Like like the SEC thing is like they flying on private jets. They're in and out in, like an hour uh the acc they're like there for two days they're just sort of hanging out like if you ever get a chance to go to acc media days it is an entirely different animal at least it used to be they used to have it at like pinehurst and places like that um like super nice super relaxed a lot of golf a lot of a lot of buffets a lot of open bars like the whole thing was just very very different all the way around so uh just as a person who's been to both it's just kind of interesting to note how different they are but nonetheless acc media days is taking place there as well totally in the shadow of the sec uh but jim phillips there bragging on the work of the alliance the short-lived alliance that was in terms of competing against the uh, sec all right let me do two things here before we let you go no sec through today but still a great chance for you to be reminded to take a wonderful cruise vacation with our friends at Royal Caribbean. Listen, there are some great options out there for you. Uh, we normally cruise around the SEC here each and every day, but you can cruise with our friends at Royal Caribbean anytime you want. Our friends at the cruise and vacation Authority can help you out with that. You can find them online, tcava.com. That's tcava.com. You can also give them a call, 770-952-8300, 770-952-8300. I have my next two cruises booked. Uh, Both of them are coming after the college football season. Both of them are going to be on the largest cruise ship in the world. Wonder of the seas. I'm excited about them both. Uh, and, And really, you know, listen, there are so many cost effective ways to enjoy a great cruise because. One of the cool things about cruising is is so much of what you want to enjoy is included in the price of the cruise. So much dining, uh, so many, you know, a lot of the things you do at Perfect Day Coco Cay come at no additional charge whatsoever. The entertainment on the ship, like the shows at night or the water slides and, you know, some of the things like that. All of this, you know, the flow rider on the back of the ship, all this is just sort of included in your cruise fare. And so when you think about that great vacation for the people, you know, your friends, your family, whatever else, you know, thinking about something that kind of comes with a lot of sort of built-in add-ons to make the experience great – to me, that's a great way to make sure your money goes as far as it possibly can. And for me, you know, I like sailing out of Port Canaveral because that's just past Orlando. That's actually a pretty easy drive at a time in which flying is a little complicated. You know, going to a port that you can, driving to a port that you can sail out of is, I think, also a really cool thing right now. So, all kinds of great options for you when it comes to being on a great Royal Caribbean cruise ship right now. Our friends of the Cruise and Vacation Authority can help you out with that. Now, while you're getting ready for your next cruise, if you want to live like you're on a cruise, well, that's where our friends at The Finish Long Dream come in for you. Pop the top and enjoy a ready-to-drink cocktail uh, that looks like a beer because it comes in a can, but it's not. It's a ready-to-drink cocktail that is gin kick. You got the grapefruit flavor or the cranberry. You go into those eight can variety packs. It's got two different cans of each of the four long drink varieties. It's just great. Like when I'm outside the pool or playing golf or sitting on the back porch or doing what you do in the summer the Finnish long drink is such a great accompaniment. I believe that's the word I'm looking for here. Accompaniment to me as I'm doing all of that. Some of y'all love that long drink strong because it's eight and a half percent alcohol by volume. Some of you like the long drink zero because you're trying to look good in your swimsuit and uh, no carbs, no sugar certainly helps you out with all of that. Whatever your choice is, though, the Finnish long drink's great for you. It's a cool story, too. Started in uh, the 1950s in Finland when the uh, summer games were in Helsinki. It's been in America now for Four or five years, something like that. And it's in Georgia and pretty much wherever you are. So go to the longdrink.com. You can find out more about that, including where you can pick some up and enjoy some this summer. Get some ready for your tailgate. It's going to be with us for our Dog Nation duck hunt tailgate. You better believe the finished long drinks are going to be flowing there that day as we get ready to go out there and watch the dogs beat up on the dog. So that's going to be exciting. So make sure you enjoy some finished long drink today, thelongdrink.com. You can find out where you can pick some up today. All right, a little bit of an odd show for us with a lot going on live while we're doing this show, but hopefully we covered all the bases, and if not, we can come back tomorrow and sort of fill in the gaps that we missed. Uh, also, Golden Shoes, we love doing those, celebrating uh, dog fans who enjoy being a gator hater and just sort of enjoy the world in which we live where the dogs are on top. How about our buddy Mike Mad Dog referencing Nick Saban's appearance at SEC Media Days yesterday? Uh, his caption says, when you uh, troll your old boss... So you see Saban speaking there at the podium, Kirby sneaking behind him, holding up the sign that says 3318. I love it, man. That's good stuff. Uh, our buddy Mad Dog doing a great job with uh, that indeed, as per usual. Also, another one of our good friends, Matt Rukovina, says he recently had to capture a blind squirrel that made its way to my attic and causing havoc. So in lieu of all the recruiting news we've had lately, just thought I'd remind everyone it's always good to trust the squirrel and relax, R-E-L ax first of all eddie the blind squirrel the mascot of dog nation daily he will never be put into a cage cannot do that also our buddy matt also lives in uh texas if not i would certainly tell him our friends at to Pass manage we could help get rid of that flying squirrel for you because they take care of you on bugs critters and everything else so if you're in georgia and you run into one of those flying squirrels like matt did out there in uh the state of Texas, our friends at Breda Pass Management can take care of you on that. But we'll give Matt a golden shoe, Mad Dog a golden shoe there as well. And speaking of lousy, stinking gators, they are at SEC Media Days today, and they are toting a bad streak with them when they come in. How about 4,941 days since they have won a national championship? And 101 days from right now, they're going to lose to Georgia again. And deep down, they already know it. We'll see you tomorrow here on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Breda management and on the podcast time now for the rs andrews podcast cool down we'll take your comments either at twitter at dog nation daily or if you put a comment in the comment section at dognation.com responding to the good recruiting news from yesterday uh, net dog 83 on twitter after uh the big announcement from four-star defensive lineman jamal Jarrett said another brick in the next defensive wall being built by kirby and company there at uga go dogs So Net dog obviously very happy about that as most georgia fans were also still a little bit of lingering chatter going back to the justice haynes news from the weekend including response to a podcast from a couple of days ago some comments i haven't had a chance to get to yet steeler dog saying that he wasn't stunned by the justice haynes news but i bet some of these guys changed their mind after the season offense is going to explode this year so Steeler Dog feeling very confident about the upcoming season if you're a UGA fan that's certainly nice to hear Dazzle Dog says oh please let's move on to guys that want to be in Athens I'm always amazed at how quickly certain Georgia fans never want to hear anything about another player like five seconds after he's decided to uh go somewhere else and I'm a fan myself but I'll never quite understand like the complete unwillingness on the part of some to have any kind of autopsy whatsoever about what might have happened in a recruiting story because like how do you go on to know how georgia will fare in future recruiting battles unless you kind of have some sense of what happened with the previous one but there are some people that the moment a guy chooses somewhere else they don't want to hear another word about it uh, ever which is interesting to me but people have a right to want what they want jim dog 85 says haynes uh to obama isn't the first player we've lost to save but likely won't be the last if georgia really came in third versus alabama and ohio state then how hard were they really recruiting him i wonder if a they either took his recruiting for granted or b kirby wasn't really sold on the kid but i uh, had to put up a front because of his legacy status we'll never know jim dog says until georgia can make it as fun to play offense as is to play defense for the dogs will continue to miss out on some recruits on offense i think that last line is probably the one that that probably matters to me as whether it's perception or reality, it does seem like sometimes defense is more fun to play at Georgia than offense is. And that's something that to an extent that Georgia needs to work on, but much the same way the Georgia defense a year ago helped the offense, you know, gave it better field position and, and created scoring opportunities. The truth is the offense also helped the defense too, by, you know, not putting extra tax on it, you know, by not having to make it go out there and defend a hundred plays because the Georgia offense found a way to control the action itself. And so, it was truly a version of complimentary football a year ago that led to the national championship, but fun goes a long way towards determining, you know, the perception of things. And maybe there is still a, an increased perception on the offense of the ball that Georgia would benefit from. Maybe Jim dog 85 is, is maybe right about that. Uh, Jam boogie says uh, just one player. I'm sure he's not irreplaceable. would rather focus on the guys who want to be a dog. And uh, that's what Jamal Jarrett's decision gives you a chance to do transplanted dog also says if memory serves, we've done OK with the guys who want to be in Athens. And there's no doubt that's the case. And a good comment there from transplant. All right. So great comments. Thanks for being here for our R.S. Andrews podcast. Cool down. Make sure you check out R.S. Andrews online for your air conditioning, heating, plumbing, electric needs. They'll show up. They'll do the work that's promised. The price is promised, including getting your air conditioning unit tuned back up. Uh, Back to factory fresh specs for just $99. Check them out online at rsandrews.com And we'll see you back here tomorrow for Dog Nation Daily, presented by Breda Past Management.